Corey's eating Cocoa Puffs <laughs> during my segment. That's what you're hearing right now, audience. Cocoa Puffs? Wait, are you just gonna eat those dry? Two dads. Two dads. One bottle of wine. One bottle of wine. A journey that will take you to the edge of your seat. My seat. And the end of your mind. Ah, my mind. This is Wine Dads. Colon. Movie Night. Colon. The Reckoning. You, Eric, me, Corey. Wine Dad Podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Are we going? Yeah. Your headphones aren't on. Your headphones I don't need, are I don't need headphones on. I was pretty sure you couldn't do this without headphones. Is our mic on? Are my gains up? Are your gains up? Are my gains up? I feel like my gains are up. I mean, it's bulking season. Yeah. So you better you I better have, have your gains up. Mad gains? Mad gains. Mad gains. Mad gains. Welcome to another episode. This is episode four of Wine Dad's Movie Night, The Reckoning, a podcast by yours truly, Eric. And Corey. That's Corey. That's Corey. That's Corey. But I'm bump. How about you open the bottle of wine? All right. Our wine this week. I'm very excited about this. Uh, yes, I supply this bottle of wine, and Corey's a little nervous because of the whole Chardonnay $4 incident of four mm-hmm. episodes prior that we mm-hmm. still discuss to this the day. The inaugural wine dad. It was episode. the inaugural episode. Mm-hmm. How about that? Well, it's only up from there or, or downhill. Uphill? Uh, da- well, see, that one always confused me yeah. because downhill, it's like, oh, downhill is It's easier. easier it's better. Right, but especially if, if you're on a skateboard. But uphill is more work, but it seems like you got a yeah, better view. Yeah, but you're view. ascending. Yeah. You're, you're like ascending to a higher You want to live at the top place. of the hill, yeah. not in the valley. Yeah. Actually, the valley is a super expensive place to live. Exactly. So, yeah. You, you know what? It's all downhill from and here. It's all downhill. And that's a great thing. It's all a hill from here. That's <laughs> yeah. the important part. It's all flat from here. (laughs) Hillless. We're on the plains. We got nowhere to go. All right. This wine, it's called Fat Boy Red. Fat Boy Red. That's right. That happens every time. Uh, This is a red table wine, and it is a local Georgia wine. Every bit of it, the grapes were harvested in Georgia. The wine was made in Georgia. Uh, It is a burly blend of of Norton wine grapes with Mm. just a Mm. little bit of Cabernet Franc, Merlot, and Cabernet Sauvignon. It's aged in toasted American oak and vented slightly off dry for a kiss of sweetness. And this is on the label. I'm not making this up. It's robust in bold. It's huge. Just loosen your belt and savor. You know what I love about wines that are made with Norton grapes? What's that, Corey? They never get any viruses. Oh, I got rid of Norton. It made my system slow. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't Uh, do that anymore. All right. Do you know how to open a bottle of wine? I don't know. I'm going to. All right. You push this. Uh, Yeah, go for the higher notch. Ah, There there we go. All right. Popping time. Don't rip it, you animal. Now now pull straight up. Oh, you're going to tear the cord. Yeah, I'm going to tear the cord. No, I'm going to fix it. Give me a sec. You didn't put it in far enough. That's, I assume, the issue. All right. I think you're just this bad at down. this. I have a better wine corker than you do. False. That was so disappointing. You know, it's not all about the pop, all right? It's mostly about Some the Some of it's about the pop. It was a dainty pop, but you know what? It was a dainty pop because of the bold flavor that we have inside. 
All right, let's get this wine poured out for our homies. First pour. There's enough to look like a pour. After many trials and tribulations, Eric managed to pour two glasses of wine. Yay! Yay me! <laughs> Let's hear it for Eric. <laughs> all right, now, all right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold the stem at all this time. I'm holding the glass. Oh yeah, to to dull it to, so we don't get a double double. Clink? Yeah, I'm just trying not to get a double clink. Right. That's all I want. All right, here we go. Uh, it still had a nice ring right, to it. Let's right. try, try it again. Uh, right there at the base. Hold oh, it in the right base. Right at the base. All right, let's go. I see. I like the reverberation on that. Yeah, one. yeah. It did. It, it, it reverberated long. All right, let me try something more. else. Let me. Let me. I'm gonna hit you low. You hit me high. Ready? That uh-huh. felt brutal. Actually. Yeah. I feel like my wine is worse off <laughs> for having touched <laughs> that part of your glass. <laughs> my wine did not approve of that. Uh. All right. Swirling. Yeah, gonna swirl it around. Yeah, gotta swirl it. Get the nose. This wine was made by hmm. Three Sisters Winery in Dahlonega, Georgia. Yeah, Family local company. Georgia, yeah. Local Georgia wine. Company's been around since I think 1995. I love this wine. Yeah, I like I really that. Do. I like that a lot. It's like it's almost port. It's so you know it, it's, it's just so dark and red and thick and other words that I would usually not like describing wine with, like chunky. Chunky? <laughs> chunky. This wine is chunky. It's the chunkiest wine I've ever had. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, kind of tart. When you have a wine this dark, you can get a lot of flavor into it. I feel like there's every fruit available in it. The grapes that were predominantly used to make this, the Norton grape, I find fascinating because it is one of the only American-grown natural grapes that we use. Hmm. And they are named after a doctor who in the, I believe it was between the decade of 1815 to 1825, was trying to experiment in the Richmond, Virginia area with what kind of grapes can he grow in America that are actually going to do well. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he his name was Dr. Norton. So the Norton grape is just named after him because this one um, cultivar that he put together just bloomed and went everywhere. And so he started spreading it around. Um, Thomas Jefferson on his estate in Monticello, he grew this exact same grape, the Norton grape, and he created wines from it. I had one of the wines there. It was definitely for tourists. It was not very good. <laughs> oh, are you fact checking me? I'm not fact checking. I'm just uh, which part? Just looking at the Norton grape. The Thomas I Jefferson just wanted part? to know what they look like. Did yeah, I bring if, too much history in? It feels like you made that up. Just yeah. completely transparent, but seems to be checking out. Should have gone for Washington. Should have done that. Yeah, you should have said George Washington for yeah. sure. He's a less controversial figure. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jefferson controversial? Ah, yeah. You got that whole Sally Hemings thing going on there. Yeah. Which you know what blows my mind about that? What's that? How recent that discovery was. Because I just remember being taught that in school, but apparently that discovery of Sally Hemings didn't come around until like the two thousands. Really? Yeah. Very new, very recent I feel information. Like I like knew that because you are relatively my age, although much, oh, much younger. Interesting. Yeah. So, just so you know, if you're trying to do a web search for Fat Boy Red, you may come across <laughs> a Fat Boy Original Lounge Chair oh in goodness. red. <laughs> um, they have a special edition Fat Boy Red 
Like you remember the the uh, what was it, like the razors or something? They made a red one and it was like the red red AIDS. razor, like the phone razor. Yeah, yeah. Like the AIDS. Uh, they made a phone for AIDS. Yes, the red edition. I have no idea what's going on right now. Anyways, for those of you that know that the Motorola Razor had a red edition that was donating money to AIDS or something, there's apparently a lounge chair called the Fat Boy that also has a red edition. So if you search Fat Boy Red, you may come across that. That is not what we are drinking. We are not drinking that chair right now. Was that chair also raising money for AIDS? The chair is raising money for AIDS. Oh, good. Good for the chair. But the Fat Boy Red Wine is not. I think they're only raising money for Three Sisters Vineyards. Yeah, they're probably raising money for themselves. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that is not not a thing. I actually really like this wine. I don't know that I can quantify why. Because of the flavor, I think. I think that's what I would say. Um, I mean, it's not going to just be mouthfeel. Yeah. So I read an interesting, uh, or came across an interesting article mm-hmm. that basically said wine tasting is a sham. There was a mm-hmm. blind, uh, yeah, blind study done for like assigning flavor profiles to a white wine and then a red wine. Are you familiar, familiar with this? Keep going. Keep going. Okay. I'm nodding. They yes. assign a flavor profile to a red wine and a white wine. And then, like, a few days later or something, this is 27 men and 27 women, a few days later, they did the same taste test, but with a white wine, and that white wine dyed red, and all, like, virtually all of, like, a statistically significant portion of the testers who are all wine students, Mm -hmm. so people that should be able to tell the difference, um, they basically classified the red dyed version of the white wine as a red wine like gave it like you know the common you know like whatever cherry, cherry notes, yeah. and black cur- current and all that got that current and then the white wine that is the exact same wine right next to it gave it you know like lemon and citrus and like the common white wine um flavors so it was really interesting i i have heard other similar studies i didn't i've never heard that one where they're actually dying the wine but i've yeah. heard other studies where it's really about price point and they're trying to compare mm-hmm. different prices of bottle mm-hmm. and what that study came up with is yeah you do have cheap wine as i've proven you do have cheap wine that does not yes. taste as good as other wines but once you get to a certain price point it is very hard to tell the difference between a $25 yeah, bottle sure. of wine and a $75 bottle of wine or a $300 bottle of wine. At that point, mm-hmm. you're just going for the rarity of the bottle or the particular name or just mm-hmm. to get points with your friends yeah, and enemies. Yeah, and I, was, I thought it was interesting, like, the context in which I came across that article was wine tasting is BS. Mm-hmm. But the actual conclusion of the paper, which I went back and took a look at, was basically, like, sight is a very important part of taste. Like how you yeah. perceive yeah. Okay. something is, is like really deeply tied to like the taste and smell of it. Uh, and it was talking about how like we don't really have words to describe smells, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. But we do. I mean, I know yeah. like I can. Yeah, but without reference to like an, an object or an, something that exists. You can say musty. You know sure. the smell yeah. of must. But- Right. Yeah. I don't think the argument was that there's no... Or human sweat? No. Yeah, well, see, that's one where you're describing yeah. something else. Okay, but if you say the flavor of blackberry, then I'm describing something else. Yeah, I think it's just like there's not... I mean, like, you could say this wine is red. Like, mm. absolutely. 
Um, instead of saying like this wine is the color of you know uh, that car over there, yeah, which is I think more what it is with smells. We're comparing to other things that exist. We don't really have many absolute smells. It's like that smells like yeah. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is. It does make sense because bringing our other senses into it, it seems like a blind taste test really should be like blindfold the guy and don't let them see the actual. Sure, I think that would be really interesting. I think we should do that right now. Uh, no, but okay, good because I didn't bring my blindfold. Right, I I didn't. Nor did I bring a white wine. Oh no, yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing that comes into play is like the temperature at which you serve it. I think if you drank a white, or sorry, a red wine chilled. It would be harder to differentiate from a white wine. Similarly, sure, if, you drank, still, if you drank yeah. a white wine at like, you know, at. I wonder if they did. They, they must have done that in the test. They just let the I, white wine come to room temperature. And yeah, I didn't catch red. exactly yeah. what they did temperature wise. But yeah. it's really interesting. We should we should definitely try it. Yeah, we should. I'd be, I, I would be game for that. I'd be willing to try a very expensive wine that you have purchased <laughs> and, died, and dyed red. And dyed red, no matter <laughs> what its original color. That'd be fun. Yeah. And, uh, and and just try to guess its price point. That could be a fun game. Oh, yeah. yeah we yeah. should do it's that. It's called Eric Spence Corey's Money. Well. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great game. Uh, I don't like one part of that, which is the my money thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll steal it. Sure. I'm fine with that. Speaking of crime, uh, I got in trouble after our last episode by whom? my wife. Yes. Because I said I killed her. Oh, here's the fun thing. My wife hasn't listened to an episode oh, yet. Oh, <laughs> that's fun. I'm Even certain the episode I she was on. Our she first not, episode. Yeah, she has not. She has not heard her own voice yep. on our podcast. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, but yes, I did get in trouble from my very alive wife. Because somehow in a strange um, series of events, we may have claimed to have murdered our wives. Are you just trying to cover your tracks right now? No. My very alive wife right. is angry with me very alive. right now. and um, Yeah. As a matter of yeah. fact, I saw her just minutes ago. Yeah. She was definitely so alive. So angry and alive Yeah. Right she was now. really angry. Yeah. She was like yelling and saying mm-hmm. words and like with her voice. Yes, yeah. with her. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Fully intact and healthy, um, definitely. And I like I took her blood pressure even. Yeah, and he did. She definitely had a, a pulse. Yeah, yeah, um, like a, like a doctor, like Doctor Norton, like Doctor Norton. Yeah. Bring it. It's exactly how, how that happened. Yeah. So, um, we have another wine here. That I want to get your opinion on. I would so love. Uh, which this, one are we doing? Uh, this, oh, this I one. think we posted on our Instagram at Wine Dad's Podcast. You didn't have to finish that. Okay. I mean, why dirty a second glass? I didn't overpour on the first glass. No, it's so actually have... probably like a half glass. Yeah. Um, I did that because I knew we had three bottles on the table. Yeah. So yeah. this is a Chianti Classico. This is a Panzano Chianti Classico, 2010. This is a DOCG from Italy. Um, the the vineyard is Castelli di Grepezza. This is a Gran Selezione Chianti. Um, so pretty interesting. I feel like um, you did better with the Italian than the French from last week. I'm just saying, you know, like good job, Jacques. Yeah, Sacre Bleu. <laughs> if they put all Croissant. of those French words on the bottle, <laughs> maybe we'd be okay. Are you are you saying that um, 
your totally alive wife made a comment about my French I pronunciation. I did, and she did not believe that that was a French wine because everything you said wasn't French. The only Chianti I've ever had was mm. awful. It was, uh, the brand was Da Vinci, and it had one of his oh, yeah. sketches on it. And this was, this was years ago. My friends and I were going up to a cabin, and we picked up a bottle of wine from World Market. Mm-hmm. It was not expensive, but it had, it was World Market, and it was Chianti, and it was Da Vinci. It seemed very refined, like it should be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one, the cabin we went to did not have a, um, a wine opener. So we just had to figure that out, and then the wine got cork in it because we pushed it in with a knife, because that was the only way. What? We got the first half of it out, but then the second half stuck okay, in the so bottle. Okay, so I just want to do a little recap. Okay. Today is not the first time you've had trouble opening a bottle of wine for okay. no good yes. reason. It has now happened one and a half times. No, that counts as a full time. <laughs> this was only a half. It oh, only okay. cracked. It didn't fully, yeah, yes, okay, it was sure. not full This separation. one counts as a half. This is sure. half. The other time was full. We massacred that cork. It was yeah. it was rough. But it was truly awful. Once we you know filtered out all of the cork and you know actually drank the wine, it was awful. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of intrigued to see... I think you'll like this. What this Chianti is like. That is for you. I'll just let you finish off the bottle because I don't think that. Oh, it's a lot more left in there than I thought. That was more. All right. More fat boy for me. That's okay. All right. Are we going to toast again? Sure. Schwimmer. Mmm. I love the way Chianti smells. I do too. Better than cork. I think I needed a palate cleanser in between. It's yeah. a very, like, it's still good, but it's it's a very different flavor. I mean, it is yeah. a very different flavor. I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's I going on? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, I have no, I cannot pick out any flavors in this. And everything is written in Italian. <laughs> Except the word Italy. That's written in English. Nice. Yeah. This is a 14% alcohol by volume. That's yep. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I feel like I, I get plum. There could be some plum. Heavy plum. I still um, don't but yeah, this uh, this Chianti is is interesting. It's uh, mostly Sangiovese grape, mm-hmm. um, which is an Italian grape, of course. In order to be DOCG Chianti Classico, it has to have at least seventy five percent Sangiovese, um, and then the rest can be made up of other grapes, typically Cabernet and Merlot. Um, but yeah, I really like this wine. This is very good. Like I said, I have a very hard time describing the flavor. It doesn't taste like any other red mm-hmm. wine I regularly drink. It's very. It, it has a very strong flavor. It's very unique, and it's very. It tastes exactly how it smells, mm-hmm. and it looks exactly how it tastes. Right. Yeah. I wonder if I dyed it white. I wonder if tell. this was actually a white wine, and you're just pranking me. Is that what's gotcha. going on right now? It's winking out. Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Does he still do that? No. no. Some, I think someone else took the show over at some point. I think somebody told me like that they stopped doing that. Or the show was still on, but the ratings were bad because people don't think that's funny anymore. Now it just, it, it seems mean to prank people. Yeah, it ran, actually didn't have a long runtime at all. It only ran from 2003 to 2007. Hmm. Just a very formative time in my life. Yeah, I think so. I watched many episodes of Punked. I couldn't remember the name. 
He's like, pranked? Pranked? <laughs> pranked doesn't sound right. No, it's not right. <sighs> Before we move away from Echelon Couchier, yeah. um, he, just so you know, I can speak French, yeah. as I just made clear. Um, he's 41. Isn't that crazy? That seems about right. I mean, he was definitely 15 in the 70s. So... Uh, no. It's a joke. It's that 70s <laughs> show. And he was on uh, it. He was okay, like a teenager. Okay, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Keep up. Okay. Uh, can I be honest with you? Can I just say what I'm yeah, going to say anyway? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, when I was younger, mm-hmm. and when that 70s show was during its, its runtime, uh, I didn't know if it was a show from the 70s <laughs> or a current show. And, I feel like uh, they did their job really well then. If yes, Little Gloria so. was so confused yeah. at what was going on, even yeah. though the production quality <laughs> and film was obviously not from the seventies. Did you ever watch a seventies show and yeah. see what the video looked like? Yes, for yes. sure. Okay. I, I think I just was so <laughs> nascent in my understanding of film mm. and also pop culture in general that I was just. I was just a little confused. Like, the premise was so vague. They never yeah. really, like, broke the wall and were like, oh, it's not really the 70s. They really dedicated. Well, I guess that's true. Like, any period piece, they never look at the camera and go, guys, just to let you know, we're filming this today. Yeah. I don't know. That 70s show, so I watched it a lot when I was in high school. And, you know, they're growing up, they're going through things. And then... I went to college my freshman year, and the first couple of months were just, like, super depressing because we're in – me and my best friend are in this tiny dorm that is not even the size of the kitchen that we're sitting in right now. Right, and everybody has a really yeah. good frame of reference for that. Well, Corey, his kitchen is the size of most houses, as most people Yeah, know. I would yeah. say the kitchen is uh, – let's see. It's like yeah. Probably like a thousand square feet. Yeah, if we had the pigsty and then you know the winery and you know, the other stuff. Yeah, it's, it's big. There's a lot of stuff going on yeah. here. But my my room was smaller and it was all concrete and right. there was a communal bathroom and it was just a place of echoes and sadness. Where was this? This was at Troy University in Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Well, they smelled like that. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. That was it. It was alumni hall since yeah. demolished. Um, because it was no longer fit for, uh, habitation and was haunted. (laughs) Was it certified haunted? Like, was that one of the reasons (laughs) they gave? It got a plaque and then they tore it down because it was certified. Yeah. No, a lot of, a lot of funky things. Like the city came in and they were like, uh, yeah, it didn't pass the structural inspection. Uh, the plumbing needs updating, electrical needs updating. Uh, certified haunted as well. So it goes. <laughs> you guys also have <laughs> it was all some, in their report. Like you got rats, you got some raccoons, uh, three ghosts, and right. then oh yeah, your roof's leaking too. <laughs> yeah, just throw that in yeah. there. My home inspector does that too. Yeah, we were scot free, no ghosts. I thought you said helmet specter for a minute. <laughs> you like, don't have a helmet inspector. Like a, no helmet helmet specter. <laughs> Like a like a ghost that lives in your helmet. <laughs> Some niche ghost, isn't it? <laughs> He's very small. Yeah. He likes comfort. Yeah. We were watching that '70s show. My, me and my roommate were just hanging out, and we did not realize that we were watching the very last episode of the entire series mm-hmm. until they like it's New Year's Eve. It's going to be 1980, and they start counting down, and. Like Eric Foreman comes back and is hanging out with him because he took a terrible career decision to go play Venom in Spider-Man 3. Just 
Yes. If you ever offer that opportunity to go play Venom and Spider-Man 3, don't do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yes. Doesn't work out. Yep. He comes back, and they're all hanging out, and then they start counting down. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And when it gets to 3, 2, 1, and then the show just stops. And the credits are just there, and it's over. And we were... We were wrecked. <laughs> we were just wrecked. We couldn't do anything because here we were. We already felt like out of place and like we didn't have any of our friends or our family around. And we were in this really just run down area, haunted place of sadness mm-hmm. and echoes. Um, and yeah, and then we went to bed and cried separately. Bunk beds. I have a, a standing rule that I do not watch the last episode of season's or, or, or sorry, the last I'll watch the last episode of a season, but not the last episode of a series. Really? Yep. So I still haven't seen the last episode of Parks and Rec. No. Still haven't seen the last episode. Actually, I have seen the last episode of The Office, but I haven't seen the last episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, pretty much uh, all Man. the big ones. I Parks seen. and Rec is literally the first one I was going to ask about because yeah. I've seen so I've seen that so many times. And yeah, I it's done so well. Think there's some. Deep-seated emotional things with letting yeah. go and moving on, but uh, I like to think it's just a fun quirky yeah, thing about myself. Thing. It's like, oh, I don't watch the last episode. What is life without whimsy? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, my my friend Wes uh, also, so he has been rationing out the last season of Parks and Rec because we thought it was mm-hmm. over. You know, they kind of wrapped things up. They thought they were going to be mm-hmm. canceled, and mm-hmm. then they come back, and there's this big jump in in time where they're they're catching us up and everything uh and he only watches one episode maybe every year every two years wow because he doesn't want to let go but see here's my thing like with that is these shows that have 10 seasons nine seasons eight seasons like i forget what happens in them so like i think there's value in rewatching. so i'm totally cool like pushing through i don't there I don't are need especially new. yeah especially now when i've seen so many different things that's what i'm saying yeah like i get refreshed like i go back and watch star trek next generation rewatch the office rewatch parks and rec and like there's always something new and oftentimes i have those shows playing in the background yeah. anyway and so i'm like doing dishes taking care of the kiddo whatever making dinner so it's like i miss at sometimes like full mm-hmm. episodes and then that's you know Back in the log, so. Especially speaking of Parks and Rec, there are some episodes they may still never have seen because my wife does not like episode uh, seasons one and two. She doesn't mm-hmm. like it until Chris Strayer gets there and Ben. Yeah. Yeah. And everything before that she thinks is just awkward. And it's like they're, they're kind of getting up to steam, but they're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really just kind of skip around through seasons one and two until we get to season three. Yeah, but Brandanowicz... Brandanowicz? Oh, I always think of... Which? Grandana quits. Is it that's Brandana a pun Witch make. or Brandana Wits? Mark Grandana Wits. Bren. Bren. Bren? Yes. Gran. Bren. 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 But Do I have to roll my R? Bren. Bren. Brandanowicz. 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 Mark Brandanowicz. 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 Yes. Okay. I'm going to make myself a peanut butter and jelly. Brandanowich. <laughs> I made my son a peanut butter now and you. jelly Brandanowich for lunch today. I did. He loved it. Uh, Except he separated the two halves and then ate them separately. So I don't know what that says. So he, he had an open-faced jelly <laughs> sandwich and an open-faced peanut butter Yeah, sandwich. he ate the peanut butter first and then reluctantly ate the jelly. Yeah. Dana is allergic to peanut butter, I think, as you know. So mm. we don't really do much peanut butter in the house. Oh, you poor thing. 
oftentimes when I do have a peanut butter sandwich, uh, which is one of my favorite things, oh. I get yelled at. What a sacrifice you have made in this relationship. I know. I'm really like, the one making the sacrifice yeah. here. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, you know what? I'm not having a moderately tasty sandwich mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you don't die i'm using air quotes here yeah those are quotes oh i'm sorry that you're gonna get really sick and like blah 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 like i'm giving up a lot here yeah okay i don't know if i could do this sacrifice i don't i mean you know peanut butter means a lot to me it means a lot to my family it goes back generations 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 yes Yes. we are a jiff people we were peanut farmers back in the day (laughs) back in ireland (laughs) our last name used to be jiff our last name used to be oh peanut butter Is <laughs> peanut butter from Ireland? I no, no peanut butter is an American product. Maybe it is historically. Yeah. Uh, but back in the <laughs> back in the homeland, he's gonna make it work, guys. The wee <laughs> days. We used to take these wee little peanuts and turn them into wee little peanut butter sandwiches. We used to spread them out to the children in the village. Wee little peanuts. I don't have a great Irish accent, <laughs> but I am Irish. So, Eric, I I kind of want to try something a little different. I want to take a break. Oh, no. Can we wanna, take a break? You want to pause? Yeah, I just want to take we, a break. Can we pause? I want a hard break. Hard break. Hard All break. Right. Do we need a hard break song? Both confidently, we're about to start. I I, I said that, like, you were going to put in the song, like, for the refill song. I thought you wanted to just like like, start hard breaking. You're not very good at beatboxing. I am. I never claimed to be. Yeah. But I'm going to do it anyway. I watched a handful, I'm being completely serious, I watched a handful of videos on how to beatbox when I was in middle school. Was YouTube around when you were in middle school? Sure. Sure? I'm, I was just wondering where you watched videos on beatboxing if YouTube wasn't around. E-bombs no, it was, it was on... It was, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think it was YouTube. Okay. But you gotta get... You gotta... Alright, that's the bass drum. Okay. Okay, and then... Uh, that's your hi-hat. Okay? And you know what? I feel like I'm teaching my son how to talk here. You want to breathe in a little? That's your snare. So then you can, uh, you know, just make magic from there. No, you're, you're using too much air. There you go. What did I just do? <laughs> 20 minutes of us badly beatboxing. Am I doing it yet? Um. So you cool with taking a break? All right, let's take a break. Welcome back from the break, everyone. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the stylings of Beatbox Ronnie. Oh, Beatbox Ronnie. How did you get in here? <laughs> Seriously, do you know how he got in here? I do not know. Where is he now? I, he just slipped out. Yeah. As oh, no, wait. As he, slipped in. he is under the table. I think if we don't acknowledge him, he may just stay there. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I don't think we should hold it off any longer. We have a very, very 
special guest in the studio today. That's right. He kind of just wandered in as we were taking our hard break, and we are very excited to introduce to you all our friend, Bubba Fat Boy. How's it going, y'all? My name's Bubba Fat Boy. We're down here, down here in Georgia, getting down in the swamp now here. Bubba Fat Boy, it's so great to have you here. Well, let me tell you what, guys. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happier than a bullfrog in a pond, eating lily pads and getting drunk on gin. That is a very happy bullfrog right there. You know it. Down here in the swamp, we got lots of happy bullfrogs. We got bullfrogs from China. We got bullfrogs from Florida. We got bullfrogs from New York. Them Yankee frogs. That's what we call them down here. We call them Yankee frogs. Yankee croakers. Yankee croakers. That seems like a great band name. Yes, sir. That's actually the name of my band. Oh, you have a band. Okay, yes, now, sir. I, I, I see here that you are a swamp musician. Now, I yes, just sir. need to know. Swamp musician. Is that certified. A, is that a... St- oh, certified. Yes, sir. They come in, you know, uh, they come in from the state. The state comes in. They check your house. They check it for structural integrity. They check your roof for leaks. They check you for ghosts. Uh, got cleared on the ghost. No ghosts, no leaks, no nothing. But they did certify me as swamp musician. Oh, that's neat. It's neat that the state can do that. Oh, wow. yes, sir. They have so many different things they can put a stamp on now. Yes, sir. You know, down here in the South, we love our state government. I think that is generally true. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bubba, thank you for coming here today. Now, I, I think... Having somebody with your kind of skills here on a wine show, mm-hmm. I couldn't just let you go by without playing us some music. Oh, you want to hear one of my swamp songs? If you could, we would definitely appreciate it. I think something to complement this wine that we're drinking right now. Yes, something sir. Something for me to listen to while I'm sipping. You want to hear something Italian? I want to hear something Italian if you have an Italian piece well, to go with this Chianti. I don't play no Italian music. Okay. I only play swamp music. Only swamp music. Only I don't think Italy music. has any swamps. No, Italy ain't got no swamps. No swamps. Only swamps I know of down here in South Georgia. That's probably true. That's the only swamps only in the world. Only swamps I know of. Yeah. I yeah. ain't never seen no swamps nowhere ever, no, nowhere else. No. Well, so you tell me how them swamps got there if they didn't come from South Georgia. Have you ever been anywhere else? No, well, no, sir. Of course not. Okay. What do you take me for? Some sort of traitor? Traitor. I ain't going go no, nowhere. No, no you're never not going to go trade anywhere. No, not going to trade nowhere. No. I'm okay. a certified swamp musician. That's right. I ain't got no ghosts in my house. I ain't got no reason to leave. And I guess if you play music outside of the swamp, you're no longer a swamp musician. Now, that's right. That's exactly right. They'll take my certification right on out of my hand. that's what the state told you. You're right. They you're told right, me huh? that. That's part of the stipulations of the certification. And that explains why you're standing in this box right now. Yes, sir. I got to bring my swamp box with you me. Yes, bring your swamp box. Okay. I brought my, bring my swamp box. This is authentic Georgia swamp I'm standing also in Also explains the smell. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, now sir. That's the smell of sweet, sweet Georgia croakers. And the sound. Okay, there we go. Well, you know, I don't want to hold you up. Go ahead and uh, show us one of your songs, even if it's not Italian. There's music to be played here. There's, there certainly is. There certainly I'm is. certainly yeah. prepared to play it for you. Okay. Because this is my profession. This I is do what this. you do. This is what yeah. I do. <laughs> This is There's no way this often. is gonna go poorly. <laughs> now, if I'm looking at I'm looking at your uh, your CD here, uh, you know, and, and it is a CD in quote fingers as I'm doing right now because this yes, does sir. appear to be made out of cardboard. Um, yes, sir. It, it does look like it has been made from a Budweiser box. Uh, I can tell because on the back side it says Bud Bud Y. I assume that that's gonna end in Budweiser, but you do have a, a, yes, sir. a the, the 12 songs. My 12 here. songs and my number yeah. one track that I usually play in all the swamp bars and uh, all these swamp venues. Uh, it's Why That Egg Sucking Dog. Why That Egg Sucking Dog. Well, yes, this sir. just sounds like a, a jaunty tune. Oh, it's, it most certainly is here. 
Let me uh, play it for you. All my songs, I, I right here, I start with a G chord. Oh, how not, okay. not for any reason other than it's the easiest one to know. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's just great. Why that egg chicken dog went out with my hog? We were swimming in the bog, looking for a log. I was drinking some beer over here. Look over there, there's a deer right here. There's a deer, there's a deer, there's a deer, there's a deer, you egg sucking dog. Oh, wow. wow. Yes, sir, I that's that's was. why that egg sucking dog. Yep, that that's my number one dog. hit right there. Yeah, I mean, I just, I have to feel like that came from a personal experience. It just, yes, sir. It felt too real. Well, all my songs are real. Ain't none of them made up. Not, yeah, not, not one a of them. single one. Not a single one of them. I, I come up with those uh, over many years of writing, many years of uh, the, the chord progressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I learned uh, when I was out at UC Berkeley studying music. That doesn't seem to follow your previous story of your life. What you mean? Oh, you said you never left the swamp. Well, I never leave the swamp because I always bring swamp with me. Oh, your swamp box. Okay. Yeah. How do you think I got here? Went through all of UC Berkeley with the swamp box. I ain't come up to yuppie Atlanta without my swamp. And I certainly ain't going out to UC Berkeley without my swamp neither. We are pretty yuppie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I always bring a piece of swamp with me no matter where I go. Is that what's dripping out of your pockets? Yes, sir. A little bit of swamp water never hurt nobody. Especially not your pockets. Not my pockets. Ain't ain't. Ain't gonna hurt my pockets. Ain't never hurt nobody's pockets. That's that for sure. Also helps me understand track number eight, Pocket Frog. Pocket Frog. Would you like to hear a little I would sample love of to that? Hear some Pocket Frog. Well, let me tell you something. All my songs start with G for no other reason. That's the easiest one to know. Well, it's nice to know. Yeah. You know what a G? Is? You know nothing about no music. Well, I'm I'm looking at your guitar right now, and I think I see. That you said fingers. C, you want to hear C? Oh, I, I, I no, I'm, I'm nervous about the C. Oh, okay. No, that was fine. Yeah, that's a C. That was fine. That I was... recommend that right there. It's a C. Okay. Yeah. Well, next time I have the opportunity, I'll be sure to look into the C. Yeah. And what song did you want me to play again? Uh, Pocket Frog. Pocket Frog. Pocket yes, Frog. sir. Well, here in my pocket, I got a frog. Found him hopping, hopping on a log. He's my pocket frog. Pocket frog, pocket frog. That's pocket frog. That's pocket frog. Wow. Yes, sir. Pocket that frog. Was, that was. Brilliant. Well Thank done. You. Well Thank done. You. It just really it gets to the yes, heart sir. of the matter. Mm-hmm. It does. I, I especially liked how you had him croaking along with it. Oh, that yes, was, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. You I, know, I bring my swamp <laughs> or I bring my croakers with me. Yeah. And especially them Yankee croakers. Oh, the Yankee croakers. Yes, sir. Their, their croak is just a little bit different. Uh, you want to hear one more of my songs? Oh, I'm sure I could. No, no. Uh, 
Oh, oh goodness. Okay. What yeah, frogs. What's this here? Is this some sort of land frog you got here? Yeah, it's a, it's a furry land frog. That's what oh, we call them. Okay, that's yeah. an interesting looking They have claws right and we let them run around It looks a little homes. bit like raccoons. That yeah, to it's raccoons? like a raccoon. Still like that. What do you the, call that? Uh, that's a cat. That's a common house cat. Cat. Cat? cat? Yes, cat. Cat? Cat. Am I saying it right? Cat? Yeah, you're basically there. It's just okay. one syllable less than the yeah. two syllables you're using. Now, cats look an awful lot like frogs to me. Yeah, I mean, they're similar, especially the size of the frog i just saw you pull out of your pants there yeah. um but, <laughs> but uh yeah these Ugh. these do have fur and the, and ears which mm. frogs the ears are internal they don't stick out though i think and the, the tail as well i don't know if you noticed the tail mm. mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so um i would appreciate it if you would stop trying to catch the uh the cat now. Cat, catch the cat. Well, you know, yeah. you know me down here in the south. We gotta catch everything we see. If I, I see something, I gotta catch it. I know it's in your, it's in your blood. It's in my and, DNA. See, I ain't yeah. no stupid. I, I done went to UC Berkeley. I know all about DNA. I know about G chord, C chord, uh, G the G chord. I think I done mentioned that one, but I know about the G chord as well and uh, C chord and DNA. Your time in UC Berkeley was that uh, spent studying music? Oh, most certainly, yes, sir. Okay, got my master's degree. Masters, yes, sir, from the UC Berkeley, yes, campus, sir, yes, sir, college, yes, sir, university, most certainly. You went to class, most certainly, from teachers, yes, sir. You sat there, brought my swamp with me in class, yes, sir, with classmates, yes, sir, and your guitar. Uh, no, sir, I didn't have my guitar. You didn't with have me. your guitar there. Okay, no, well, that's okay then. That yes. that all adds up now that I understand your guitar <laughs> right. wasn't there. Right, yeah. I can I can understand how that might have been confusing. You thought I had my guitar with me. I the whole should time. understand how you. I don't have my guitar with me the whole time. I mean, I, you, I got my swamp with yeah, me. Yeah, how would you take notes certainly. if your guitar was in your lap the whole time? Yes, sir. I mean, yes, sir. It'd be very difficult. You can take notes using notes. You know that. Did notes, you know there's a note? Notes? There's a note for every letter of the alphabet. I did not realize there's there was an A, an, there's an, a B, there's a C, there's a D, all the way through Z. There's notes for that. So you can actually take musical notes. So there the are actually notes for P and Q and N. Yes, sir, and most M. certainly. Interesting. I've never heard anything past G. Well, that's because you didn't go to UC Berkeley studying music. I guess music. I didn't. You know, yeah, where'd right. you I study really, music? Huh? Um, I have actually never. Yeah, that's what I thought. Why don't you, before you start coming at me yeah. talking P's and Q's, why don't you learn your mind your P's and Q's there, well, I buddy? I guess I should have. You got yeah. me. You got me worked up like a like a a panther in the swamp. Done get his tail stepped on by an alligator. Are there panthers in the swamp? Oh, most certainly, yes, sir. Swamp panthers? Yes, sir. Oh, goodness. How just large normal are they? panthers. Oh, they're okay. Not swamp they're not swamp panthers. No, sir. <laughs> no just because it's in a swamp doesn't that mean. That doesn't add. Just because something is in a swamp doesn't make it swamp. You don't have to put swamp in front of everything. No, sir. You don't no. have to. Okay. No, sir. No, sir. Okay. Okay. Would you like to hear one more song? I got time for one more song. All right. Let's do one more. Why don't you, now, hit, why don't you uh, let, let me know what you want, want to hear? All right. Well, you know, after, after that, I would just. I, I, again, more of these song names are making sense after yes, I I hear your story. Yes, sir. And I, I see this last one on the track. It's just called California Must. Yes, sir. California Must. That's one of my favorite songs. I wrote that one actually in my time at Berkeley. Uh, it's uh, uh, a lot of people think that song's about must, like mustiness, uh, but it's actually. It's about how you must go to California. Oh, California okay. must. Yes, sir. Must do. Must do. Must list. Exactly. Must. Um, that's how we, we, you must go to UC Berkeley. That's what I said to myself when I was down here in the swamp trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to go into family business. Family business, catching frogs. Okay. I can. That's why you're so good at it. 
Yes, sir. That's why I'm so good at it. I always have one in my pocket because I always done caught it. But here's what you can't do. You can't always just do what your family done been doing for all these years. So I thought to myself, what am I going to do? What are you going to do, fat boy? What you going to do? And I thought, music. Music's my calling. I, I done love music since I was a little boy, so I thought I'd go out there to UC Berkeley, get my master's degree, come back here and be a swamp musician. That's exactly what I did. And while you were there in UC Berkeley, you wrote this song. I certainly did. California must. Certainly did. And now you're about to perform it for us. I will try. Yeah. And sometimes I can't remember all the words. <laughs> I understand good. that most of it is just, um, you know, chords and and words. It's a must If you don't go I'm gonna leave you in the dust That's it That's a real short song It is a very short song Yes sir You you might be too too, too young to remember this We used to have these things called 45s Real real small little little disc looking Look like a little CD Um, And actually uh, they they have real real small songs on them That's one of the 45 songs Actually uh, this this song's a little too short to fit on a 45. It actually goes on an 88. Wow. Yes, so, sir. Yeah, it's yes, sir. Much yes, sir. smaller. Much smaller. A lot of people are you know, familiar with 78. This is an 88. 88 is much smaller. The 78 is actually bigger. Yeah, this disc yeah, is only high, really high about, speed. It's only about the size of a quarter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's very right. Small. Uh, so yeah. that, that's where that sound comes from. Well, I guess, uh, you know, i got to get out to swamp Swampland. I have noticed that your box is drying up. My box is drying I'm, up. I got to get more swamp in here. You I'm know, y'all, y'all Atlanta yuppies ain't got no swamp up here. So it's true. I, yeah. I got to go back down South Jordan there. Well, you know, next time I'll try to um, have a thermos of swamp for you so that maybe oh, yes, we please. can extend this interview. Please do that. Yes, I think that would be just fine. Well, you know what? Uh, Bubba Fat Boy, thank you so much for being here with us today. We definitely do appreciate it. Uh, thank you for bringing some class and quality and music to our wine night again bubba fat boy everyone thank you very much play us out appreciate everything that you done did for me here i really appreciate it and then i'll be catching you guys in the swamp all right we're <laughs> gonna take another hard hit while bubba <laughs> exits the building and Corey comes back from his rather extended bathroom break
All right, we are back after having our wonderful guest here with his musical stylings of the swamp. We may never be the same. We might not. Um, I know it wasn't on mic. We we actually had to move uh, the studio around so we can make room for his swamp box. So actually, it was just outside the door, the studio door. Uh, listening on on the monitor but yeah it was it was part of his contract yeah. that we could not be in the same place at the same time yeah I, and he literally said i will not trust that guy around my truck and i don't know what that meant yeah which is weird because he came here on an airboat which is really impressive considering we're in a neighborhood without any access from water yeah it yeah. was something like you know uh Frozone is that the guy's name from The Incredibles? The Incredibles who makes ice, yeah, yeah and like skates on the ice. Uh, I he thought you're kind of like that, but he was shooting swamp out. I thought you were going to say that, <laughs> that his fan boat had its own swamp bucket underneath it. Yeah, and basically, just, that's basically what it was. And it's just the swamp bucket was on wheels, like a car. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's a Prius. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just say it's wheels, swamp bucket, airboat, and the airboat powers it all by the power of wind. It's actually very, very efficient. I don't really know how to transition out of what just happened. Yeah, I don't know, um, but we're, we're going to do it anyway. Okay, so Wine Dad's Movie Night. We have not yes. actually spoken about a single movie yet. We've talked about TV shows. We've sure. talked about wine. We've done a great job with our wine, but I think our yeah. our listeners really need us to get into the meat of this episode, which the is movies. film. All right. Film. Film. Major motion pictures. That's what they Feature call them. films. These Moving things pictures. move. All right. These aren't just pictures up on the wall not doing anything. These things move and make sound. Um, let me say this. What have you been watching this week? This week, I am very excited about this. I watched a good movie. What is that? I know, right? It's like, you know all the bad movies we watch? What if instead of being bad, they were really good? Okay, tell me more. Yeah. So this was a movie called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs by the Coen Brothers. Which is not actually a movie. It's a series of six shorts? I would say or it's it a still movie? a movie. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs was yes. a collection of Western short stories that they put together into one major film. And what I think is really funny about this is so the Coen Brothers made No Country for Old Men and True Grit, the mm-hmm. remake. So they had made two very well done Westerns. And I feel like they were just kind of collecting silly jokes that happened on set that they wished they could kind of do. And then they put them into the very first segment, which is the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, because this thing is basically a Looney Tunes episode. This is basically the coyote going after the Roadrunner. Silly stuff is happening. The main character, Buster Scruggs, is just, you know... He can shoot. He can do anything. He's constantly singing songs. He's a wonderful singing voice. You know, not as good as our previous guest. But but he's constantly singing. He's constantly doing stuff. And he can do anything he wants. You know, he, he kills a guy using a table. And he makes him shoot himself in the face. It's very dramatic and it's very interesting. Now, but, I gotta ask. Is that impressive? Killing someone with a table? You kind of gotta see. Okay, so they're, they're at a poker game. And somebody's making him play hand that he doesn't want to play because it's not even really his game he just kind of wandered up and they're trying to make him play another guy's hand Mm -hmm. so you know this table has boards across it so he slams down on one of the boards and it pops up and the guy's holding a gun on him so it pops the gun up so he shoots himself in the face like this and it really takes me by surprise i think the entire point of this movie was 
Let's see if we can take Eric by surprise. He's yeah. not going to see what's coming. And I never did. I honestly had no idea what was going to happen in any phase of this movie. Uh, because, spoiler, Buster dies. He <gasps> will straight up get shot by this other guy. And I'm like, okay, cool. I know there are six other segments to this movie. They're going to bring this other gun guy back around. And we're going to see his backstory. Hmm. That's not how any of this works. They completely reboot every single story as its own unique episode where they just really wanted to tell these short stories about life in the West and stories about Western movies that I guess they felt like they weren't worth their own movie. So they said, let's just put all of them together. I kind of like that. It's a collection of short stories, except done on film. And it's a brave move. I can't think of any other movie that I've seen that just puts together... Six completely unrelated stories in one chunk, and it gets released. Are they unrelated? They are completely unrelated. But thematically? They're in the West. That's about it. But I mean, like, as far as what it's about, big picture, like... No. All right, here. The themes... The Ballad of... And and, and sometimes they vary not only by... Not only are the themes completely different. Yeah, the setting is kind of the same. Although sometimes it's obviously in Colorado and sometimes it's more in the desert, desert. But the the tone will completely change. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, like I said, it's basically Looney Tunes, but live action. After he gets shot, he flies up into the sky with yeah, fake angel that, wings, that you know? Like, it's very silly, but very, very well done. And then you have these just gritty ones. Where, like, the, the very next one, near uh, Agodones. James Franco is in it, first of all, and that's fantastic because James Franco. But my absolute favorite part, so he's trying to rob a bank and the bank teller is um, trying to defend himself. And he comes running out from back behind the bank. Corey's eating Cocoa Puffs (laughs) during my segment. That's what you're hearing right now, audience. Cocoa Puffs? Wait, are you just going to eat those dry? Wait, you put milk in first? No, but you didn't have milk here, so I, I didn't know I mean, where I this milk was going to go. in the go. fridge, like a normal person. Yeah, I, I just I was worried about where this was going. We have three bottles of wine on the table, and I just wanted to make sure you were okay. In my defense, I did tell you up front, I hadn't seen Buster Scruggs in a while, and I was going to eat a bowl of Cocoa Puffs during that <laughs> He did warn me. I thought he was joking. I, like, well, I knew I he wasn't going to say anything, but I didn't realize Cocoa Puffs were actually there, because I never buy Cocoa Puffs. You know what? I don't think exists a cereal podcast. Not cereal like the really famous one, cereal. Like cereal. Just about like just cereal. cereal. This like is what just, the audience has been wanting. Cereal. Like we just get together. I need cereal. I need cereal. Don't even talk about it. Just eat don't it. Even, yeah, just, <laughs> that's just the premise. All we do is say, I'm eating Cocoa Puffs. I'm eating Fruity, fruity Pebbles. That's it. <laughs> can you hear them crunching? I mm. hope you can. I don't know why I expected the audience to answer me. <laughs> Here, I'll put, right, on yeah. the you put on the headphones and see. Right, they should be able to hear that now. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go back to this. The bank teller comes running <laughs> from back around the bank after James Franco tries to rob it. He's covered in pans. Pans? Just com- pans. Just com- like, like cooking pans. He has them on his head like a helmet. He has them wrapped all over his body. And he's just, he's got two guns and he's shooting back at James Franco. And every time James Franco tries to shoot at him, it hits one of the pans, and the bank teller yells out, PAN SHOT! And it's the best thing I've ever seen. That is my favorite 
moment in cinematic history because it is at once just completely bad a and he is defending his bank and he is having the most fun he has ever had in his entire life it is a brilliant scene and it only lasts for about 30 seconds but it really stuck with me it really did the rest of that segment is not important only the pan shot is important Mm. in meal ticket liam neeson is is leading around the actor who played dudley in harry potter except he the actor who played Dudley in Harry Potter doesn't have arms and legs, but he does mm-hmm. know a lot of quotes from Shakespeare and yep. the Bible and um, yeah, I remember that. Tennyson, and he knows a lot of poetry. And so he, it's it's just his sideshow gig where he's trying to make money off of him and he has to feed him and bathe him and do everything else. This was a downer. I'm not going to lie. I didn't need to see the guy who plays Aslan, um, you know, pretty much kill Dudley from Harry Potter. That just was not... Not something that I was looking for. Wait, who plays Aslan? Liam Neeson. He plays Aslan? Yes, he plays Aslan. You didn't recognize the Liam Neeson voice in the Chronicles of Narnia movie? I guess not. Well, yeah, that's Aslan. That's the Jesus line. Has anybody ever uh, done like a, a fan cut of Aslan? Just saying like, lines from Taken? You're about to be Taken. <laughs> you know, he doesn't say that in the movie, right? No, no, he, yes, does. he does. Sorry, sorry. It's like on the right, phone. Yeah, call. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. You are about to. I mean, Aslan doesn't say Aslan that. Aslan doesn't movie. say that, yeah. But he they should. should just take his lines from like Les Mis and Taken and the other movies that he's been in, of which, oh, Star Wars, and put them over Chronicles of Narnia. Don't give me that face. It's Qui Gon Jinn. Mm. He, he gave sorry, me a face, he, audience. He, Star Wars. he forgot. I did, for sure. Yeah. Not I mean, hide it. That is, it's new. I'm eating Cocoa Puffs it's right now. Like, I don't care about anything. He's really in the zone here, guys. He's got it all down his front. Like, he's really bad at eating Cocoa Puffs, mm-hmm. but, you know, he's doing it. He's going for it. All right. All Gold Canyon is the next episode. And this is not a downer at all because the prospector is played by Tom Waits, who is a national treasure. And I really, I could just watch this old prospector try to find gold for two and a half hours. It was incredible. It was very well done. The scenery was beautiful. It was idyllic. It was in- incredibly masterfully done. You have deer running around the meadow. You have an owl. You have Tom Waits. That's that's really it. That's all the people need. And then he finds gold. And it's wonderful. Him talking to the, the pocket of gold was probably my favorite part. Because he's just saying like, Good night, Mr. Pocket. I'll find you tomorrow, Mr. Pocket. I'm going to get a cat. Named Mr. Pocket. That's my next cat's name. But it has to be a golden cat. Otherwise it doesn't. I'll get a golden retriever. And I'll name him Mr. Pocket. That makes more sense. Or get a frog. And name him Mr. Pocket. A golden frog. Mm -hmm. Named Mr. Pocket. All right. Pocket frog. You you give me a golden pocket frog. I'll name him Mr. Pocket. All right. (laughs) It does make sense. All right. We're bringing this all around. He uses his gold pan that he pans for golden to make eggs. And I don't know if that's bad for the gold or the eggs, but it doesn't seem right. It seems like you shouldn't ingest gold. Gold. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's... Have you ever had Goldschlager? Mm-hmm. Is that real gold in Goldschlager? It's gold It's supposed leaf. to be gold flake. Yeah. It's gold leaf, yeah. Is that necessary? Mm-hmm. It's just cinnamon liqueur, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It just... As it was explained to me, probably incorrectly... It's in there because the gold leaf cuts your throat. 
and allows the alcohol to get in faster that is through the micro the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So you're saying this guy lied to me when he yes. sold me a case of Goldschlager? You bought a case of Goldschlager? <laughs> Why? It was a good deal. Did you buy it out of his trunk? I mean, it wasn't a trunk. It was the bed of his truck. Mm. You know, he was a very picky prospector. Tom Waits, not the guy in the truck selling. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very picky prospector. And they don't tell you what's going to happen because it's a movie. Nobody tells you what's going to happen in a movie. But he spends the first five to ten minutes picking over these little gold flakes. And in my heart, I'm just like, take it. Take it, prospector. Take what you can get. It's fine. They'll all add up to something. But he knew there was a pocket there. He knew the real mother load was there. And then he actually gets to it and he finds the veins. And then he finds the actual pocket. And I thought at first that they were actually going to kill him. At first, I was really happy. I was like, this is it. This is the happy episode in the midst of these super sad episodes where the main character dies. And this is the happy one so they can get me up in order to break me back down again. Are you saying that the taste of Cocoa Puffs does not complement the taste of Chianti? That is what my face just said. That is his, yes. That's what his face said. Yeah. Um, and then this hipster in black shows up out of nowhere, rolling his own cigarettes, and shoots the prospector in the back. I wanted this old man to get gold more than I've ever wanted anything in my entire life. I just wanted him to have everything he ever wanted because I, I connected with him. I really did. I just wanted him to kill this hipster. And... He uses the best insult ever, and I just want to insult everybody with this for the rest of my life. After he gets shot in the back by stupid hipster in black, hmm. he just calls him, you measly skunk. Over <laughs> and over and over, and he's shouting at him, you measly skunk, you shot me in the back. And it's just the best thing ever. I loved it. <clears throat> All right, next episode, the girl who got rattled. There, there, were, there was a lot of stuff. There was a dog. This girl's brother dies, and then her dog is supposed to die. I don't know. This, this was pretty good, but it ended sad. And I didn't like it. Um, the only thing that I was really... <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true film critic. <laughs> Movie made me sad. You know what I like. <laughs> Movie made me sad. <laughs> I, I got, I got, yet again, though, I apparently just like when people shout out two-word phrases. Because at the very end, this guy named Arthur is trying to defend our main character from rampaging uh, Apache who were coming to try to kill them. And there are prairie dogs all over the, prairie, the area where they are. And the horses, if they step in the prairie dog holes, will just tumble and the rider will die because they're going top speed and the horse will get injured. So... As Arthur is there trying to shoot at these natives who are coming towards them, Every time one of the horses goes down, he yells out, dog hole, dog hole, <laughs> dog hole. and I keep hearing pan shot. And it's, that's my favorite part about this entire movie, just these two word phrases that are shouted out into the universe when gunfire is happening in the background. That's, the th I think, the best thing about this movie. Last thing. And this, like the very last segment, is called The Mortal Remains. They get very artsy on it. Uh, to the point where I can I can see them paying attention to the lighting. They're moving it from yellow to the blue, and it's this this coach that's moving along, and you know the guy is on top, whipping the horses and getting them to go, getting them to go faster. And then there are four people inside, and the scene is really like the start of a joke. 
Because it's an Englishman, an Irishman, a Frenchman, and an American trapper all in a carriage together with a, like, pish-posh older woman. And they're all just talking. Talking about things. Nobody knows why they're there. They don't introduce it. They're just there going somewhere. And there's luggage on top, so it's taken that they've just taken a ride somewhere, and they're trying to get to this hotel in this next town. But as it kind of unfolds, we understand that yeah, these people are totally all dead, and they are being ferried to their death. And, hmm. Yet again, this is something that, if I had just watched a two-hour movie, and it turns out that at the end, all of these people were dead, and they were being ferried to their death at this hotel, I would probably feel very unsatisfied. Mm. But this was part six in a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour movie, and I felt like it was perfect. It was very well done, because... It's a premise that doesn't need to be extended too long. Let it go on for 20, 25 minutes. Let us get to know the characters and then have the reveal happen. And then we go mm -hmm. on and I'm happy with life. Mm -hmm. you know? So all in all, I loved absolutely everything that happened. I love the fact that they ended with the supernatural tale about death. I love the fact that it takes you a while to figure out what's going on. I love the lighting. I love the kind of mystique of it. And apparently, if you really know the Coen brothers, they're all of these shout outs to other films that they have done throughout mm -hmm. they he tells a, a story in this last episode and apparently some of the places that he mentions in the story and the story itself are mentioned in other films that they've done mm -hmm. this movie is also it's kind of a musical in a way just as musical as our own show because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> every single episode it seems like has a song and most of them are kind of just like these guys out in the wilderness they have nothing else to do so they're singing songs buster scrubs is constantly singing these kind of silly happy songs and tom waits is of course going to be singing some kind of strange mountain songs as he does and then there's a song that they sing in the carriage as he's going along which is just it, it's it's very very well done uh, do you watch anything else worth talking about? Because it is now August mm -hmm. 2019, it's time to finally talk about a movie that you saw on a flight recently. Corey, what have you been watching? Wow, I'm not sure how we came around like <laughs> I that. just realized I never asked you, and I felt impolite. Yeah, I... So as far as things that I watched... The one that I watched on a plane was Avengers Endgame. I have a couple complaints about it. Um, I also watched about half of Pitch Perfect. Would you like to refill? I would like to refill my wine. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Also watched about half of Pitch Perfect uh, while I was editing episode three of Wine Dads. My wife was watching Pitch Perfect movie night. I reckon. Yes, and uh, um, I also watched Into the Spider Verse again. It's definitely worth a second watch. I think mm -hmm. like it was really interesting. It's stuff. a movie that if you're going to talk about it, you really need to take notes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, the I watched the the next Stranger Things episode. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that many people out there have already finished Stranger Things, but so so the way that the first two seasons ended is basically like all this stuff happens, and then at the end of the day, Elle 
uses her magic and like fixes everything. Yeah, she definitely just Deus Ex Machina comes in and uses her superpowers and everything goes away. Especially right. in season two, where it's literally so, yeah. just her versus the darkness right. and the upside down. And well, she's and like, she, in wait a minute, one, I can nosebleed my way out of this. In I'm season just one, gonna... she does the same thing. Yeah, she does. You're right. So my problem is we are headed in that direction in season three. I don't know if we're going to go there because we already saw that um, Billy was able to out power her because of the way that the collective is building but yeah i just feel like there's no real way for this to end other than l hulking out i think it's going to be a twist and billy is now the savior of humanity yeah i don't know like a lifeguard it just it just feels like lazy writing to me it's it's kind of like what you were talking about season two was season one again that's what i'm saying it's like Okay, the story is great and like visually it's interesting and the characters are cool, but like nothing happens. Yeah, and, yeah, and and you're left at the in the exact same spot, right? As you were left at the end of season one, yep. which I will stand up for. Season one is fantastic; it's it, it's great. Season two did give us dude bro who died, Samwise Gamgee, Sean, yes, Aston, Aston, um, and his character was great. But now here we are again. And they introduced a character just to kill him off. Okay, cool. And nothing has changed, and we're still back in the same spot. Yeah. Um. I. 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 Although I. W- I will say, like, I would just watch Dustin hang out with um. Who's dude, bro? Who works in the shop and doesn't do anything? He's trying to. Oh, the hair. And he's trying to decode the Russian. Yeah, you can just call him the hair. The hair. Okay. I can just watch Dustin hang out with the hair all the time because their friendship and their bro down is is fantastic. Yeah, so the the same problem I have with that, i.e. lazy writing, is the same, well, slightly different and way worse problem that I have with Endgame, which is something interesting happened where Thanos makes half of everybody disappear in Infinity War, and then, like, Almost immediately, that is reversed. And, like, the only consequences, spoiler alert, are Iron Man and Black Widow. That's it. Like, that's all that happens. Yeah. Well, this is a comic book movie, so I'm used to that. And and I will say, like, I knew in this kind of cataclysmic thing, there are only two things that you can possibly do in order to save it. How about explore it? No, you can't leave it. You can't leave people dead. That's not what Why people not? want. That's not what the universe wants. That's not what it's people so want. It's so lazy. It would be unique, but it is not what I think people it would be good. Wants. So people want to have something big and you know, universe shattering to happen and then literally the next movie everything's back to normal. Yes. That is the yes. dumbest thing. No, ever. that is exactly here's, what here's people my want. Problem. Is there like there's oh well we can get the infinity stones and snap everything back oh thanos destroyed them and then like they kill him in like four seconds that was lame yeah and then that part was lame and then like they spend so much time explaining the rules of time travel and then like i'm still not convinced that the rules that they're playing by are fair and then it seems like they break their own rules and like the biggest hole for me is like they were like Oh well, if we return the whatever time stone, then it will remerge the two parallel universes. Like that's not 
That doesn't work. <laughs> it's like then you would even if there is a a branch where those two get merged, there's also a branch where those two don't get merged. Exactly. Once so, you once you upset the time stream, they are separated. Like right. that's just how it is. Like, they don't unseparate. That's that that it doesn't create that's a my problem. A cul-de-sac of time. Exactly. And so like you have Thanos still alive in many t- streams, right? And so once once you introduce time travel in that way, there are no rules, yeah. and it's super lazy, and I hate it because they basically could do whatever they want. They are trying to create spectacle that that has nothing behind it, and there there's no potential loss. Yeah, like we've lost Iron Man now. In comic books, there are only two ways of bringing somebody back bringing this many people back from the dead if it was just one person yeah we can clone them or do something else weird but this many people back from the dead it's either going to be time travel or it's going to be multiverse theory that's that's yeah. it and like, this is there's, both. there's nothing else so yeah they're like oh every time you time travel it's create it creates the multiverse what i thought they were going to do was say that because when he snapped his fingers, 50% of everybody died, that when he snapped his fingers, it split everything into two universes, where in this universe, this 50% survived, and in this universe, this 50% survived. See, that is more interesting to explore that. Was my, that. Like, that was my idea. And, and so like the people over here realized that that's what happened, and so they had to figure out how to get to the alternate and then, multiverse and merge them back together. Saying, instead of just cheating and using the infinity stones to do it like have some other create like explore that those separate worlds for a minute or explore that the remnants of earth for a minute and then have some sort of conflict arise because like there were no consequences virtually of half the people disappearing like no like external like existential threats like no alien species or anything like took advantage of vulnerable earth like that would have been interesting it would have been like we just have them it's Eight years in the future? How long is it in the future when when they come back? It's like nothing has changed. Nothing has happened. It's not like the Earth is demolished because they they don't have these guys. They gave that buffer so they have whatever, four years or eight years, whatever it is, to play with where they can bring Iron Man and all these people back for other adventures. But I think it would have been really great to see, yeah, everybody over here on planet Earth A is super sad because 50% of their population is dead. And we, we delve into that for 30, 45 minutes. And then you go to planet Earth B, and here's Tom Holland being sad Spider-Man, because in his universe, Tony Stark is dead, and he's having to try to figure out how to do all of this by himself, you know? I feel like that would have been really cool. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, they all merge back together, happy reunion, everybody is happy, and everything is back the way that it needs to be. So, I don't know. That's that's the way I think it should have gone. Overall, I'm just kind of, I'm simultaneously tired of time travel. While still yes. loving time travel shows like Doctor Who, but yeah, yeah, it, it's when you use time travel as an out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's lazy. It is. It's just lazy, and especially superheroes. I, I feel like we just got to leave time travel alone and go with something else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a f- a four year old could have come up with the plot to this movie. I think they're like, okay, half the people disappeared. What do we do? Four year old. Well, just use the same thing that. Split them up. Use the infinity. Stones. How did they die? The okay. okay. What if Thanos destroyed those though? Um, time travel. Mm-hmm. Like that's those are the logical steps to Damn. conclude this movie. Like did, it's so weak. Did you see Captain Marvel? Yeah, I, I actually like. Captain I Marvel. like Captain Marvel, especially Nick Fury and the cat. All right, that mm-hmm. was by far and away the best part of that movie. You mean the Flurgan? Yes. The Flurgan. But 
common critique of this movie is we mm. spend all of Captain Marvel building her up to the character who is going to save everyone. You know, at, at the end of an Infinity War, you have Nick Fury paging her to bring her back. And this mm. she is supposed to be the twist. You know, she is the mm-hmm. thing that is actually going to save everyone. And I kind of don't feel like that's what happened. At the end, she, she just, was loosely involved. <laughs> she kind of comes back in yeah. late because she's been super far away, not her fault, and punches Thanos, I guess, and yeah. then fights, but is not integral at all. And they set her up so high. Mm-hmm. The stakes were supposed to be so high for her, and she was supposed to be doing something special. I don't need her to be the most powerful person ever. I just need her to bring something new to the game, and mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't use her in a very effective way. Yeah, and again create some stakes like she's from earth right yeah so have her make an emotional decision to fight thanos instead of saving another planet and there's something interesting happening well that's what i have to say about avengers in game it was very emotional so i'll make fun of it and i'll critique it but at the end of infinity war after having a decade with these characters i really did feel it yeah, really? yeah, I, I felt it, man. I did. It's because you didn't trust that it would stick. For sure, I knew it wouldn't yeah. stick, and then, yeah, it just felt lazy. It, it, so part of it for me was, and I'm sure they did this on purpose. They killed off all the new people. You know, Black Panther's gone, Spider Man's gone. You still got the five. You still got mm. Tony Stark and, and Thor, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Um, you still have the the ones who started the Avengers. They're still there. But if I if I go back to when. Iron Man 1 came out, what is that, 2005? 2004? 2008? Since 2008, let's just say a decade we have spent with these characters, and now I am seeing them killed off. That was hard. Like, yeah, yeah, that was, that was, I feel like the end of Infinity War was very well done. Even if we didn't think it would stick, I thought it was well done. How would you have done it? <laughs> I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have done. That's it. the difference. I think the Avengers movies are terrible. No. Yes. Really. The only Marvel movies I've liked are Captain Marvel and the two new Spider-Man movies. And Old Man Logan. No. What? You didn't like? Wait. No. We've talked about this. No, we haven't. Have you seen Old Man Logan? That's just Logan. It's right? just. I'm sorry. It's based on a comic series called Old Man Logan. Yeah. No, I did not like it. Well, you're just wrong. Too bad. All right. You're allowed to be wrong. It's America. I just don't get it. It's like you just don't get it's it. like Game of Thrones. I just don't get it. You never tried watching Game of Thrones. I did. I watched the first episode. I said, I don't get it. No? Okay. Not for me. Well, you gotta Same watch Avengers. To see, the trick to Game of Thrones is you had to watch the first four seasons. To really get into to it. To really get into I, it. That is like a huge pet peeve of mine. People are like, you, well, you got to give it like the first 24 episodes and then it starts to really get good. It's like I'm not giving them 24 hours of my time mm-hmm. before it gets good. Like I have other things to do. Yeah, just a day. Actually, not because at this point I have very precious film watching time. That's what you I'm know? saying. I'm like, not going to waste my time. I have time. to struggle to try to watch a movie so that we can talk about it so I can record this yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that is uh, also super annoying. Do you have a dad of the week moment? Oh, goodness. I'm sure I do. So my son, he's in daycare because my wife and I both work. And <laughs> brag. He keeps. That's right. I have a job. <laughs> and so does my like, wife. It's not a big deal. Who's alive. And 
Right. Totally alive. Yeah, totally alive. <laughs> and my, my, so my son's in daycare. He keeps getting bit. And so they have to like give us these incident reports and, you know, they put ice on it and all this stuff. And I, I just, I have so many questions. It's not like it bothers him in the long run and it's, it doesn't break the skin and it's not a, a thing, but I just, I want to know what is going on in his little baby life where he's in a situation where the only out is another kid biting him. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm, because he, you know, like when we have friends come together, they all have kids. All the kids are hanging around together, playing with each other. There's never been any biting. And we'll have four or five kids sometimes together. And there's never been any biting. I just want to know, is there just one kid there? Probably. Just a biter? Yep. That's how he expresses himself? Through his mouth? Presumably, yes. his teeth? Just bites everything? Yeah. They need to put a muzzle on that kid. Hey, guys, got an idea for you. That's my dad moment of the week. What's your dad moment of the week? My dad moment, good or bad? Good or bad. I mean, my kid got bit. I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. I think it's building character. He threw his cup at me today. Really? Did you deserve it? No. Whoa. Did it have stuff in it? It had milk in it. Oh, man. And I have like a little bruise on my shin. Hit me right in the shin. It hurts. Shin bruises. Yeah. He's just been sassy lately. Oh, Like, he's like, he knows what he's about to do. And he'll, like, give you a look and then just do it. And then try to be nice with him and positively reinforce him, you know, whenever possible. But it's like, all right, you just threw your cup at me, like, three times. This is You know what you're doing. This is not a game. Yeah. He's getting really manipulative. We were out at dinner and... While we were waiting for our food, we were feeding Peter grapes. And he started throwing the grapes. But then as he was throwing things, he realized that he really liked throwing things. So he threw his pacifier. And then he got super mad that he didn't have his pacifier (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Even though he just threw it at us. That's... So, babies, man. It's like they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't get it. They just don't get it. Kids these days, they just don't get it. Kids these days, they're just throwing grapes at you like they don't understand the hard work that it takes to buy grapes. Kids these days don't even know that swamp panthers aren't a thing. Kids these days have never even heard the dulcet tones of a pocket toad. All (laughs) right? Pocket frog. Pocket frog. Sorry. (laughs) Pocket toads. We don't talk to them. That's how it was. Kids these days, they think that mail is the paper version of email, not the other way around. Kids, Kids these, these days. days. Don't know who Sean Connery is. You know how long it's been since he's done a movie? Uh, his last movie was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It General. really was, which I apparently was the only one in the world who liked. Uh, I did not like that. You did not like that, see? There we go. I liked it in middle school. Out of I us. Oh, I haven't seen it since middle school. Yeah. So, I, I see, I held on to that. You can't rewatch movies you liked in middle school. That's just asking. Like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to go back and watch D3 The Mighty Ducks cartoon show, because I assume it'll be disappointing. Kids these days think that Ben Affleck is Batman. Oh, God. We've had so many Batman. So many. So many. So many good ones. <clears throat> Kids these days think Adam West is only a character on Family Guy. I actually admire their restraint because I don't think in any of the Family Guy episodes I saw with him, he played Batman. Uh, he did. Did he? Yeah. No, oh, I just missed that episode. Kids these days don't even know how to make toast. Kids these days have never had to get off the internet because mom needed to take a call. Kids these days have their own YouTube channel before they have their own bank account. You ever seen the ghost of Mr. Chicken? 
I've seen the ghost of Mexican chicken. It's <laughs> <laughs> called diarrhea. Yeah. Oh, that's the joke. That's uh, from from now on. I will I will be saying that <laughs> instead of diarrhea. <laughs> yes. Kids these days think exorcism is a Zumba class. We have some fan mail. Do we? Yes. Can you read us our fan mail? Uh, so this is from Emily Shank. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, but weirdly, she signed the email Emily Anderson. Hmm. Suspicious. Yeah. She may have stolen her own identity. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, this is our first fan mail. Uh, she says something about being totally alive. Um, looking forward to more episodes. Uh, but she has a question for us. What kind of movie recommendations are we looking for? Is it just free-for-all? Are you wanting to focus on scary movies, nerddom, action movies, terrible movies, rom-coms, Medea, the AFI list, Netflix originals, movies filmed in Atlanta? Very specific and yeah, long list. That is a long <laughs> list of possibilities that I don't think we're prepared for right now. Yeah, and then she goes on to say that she thinks it would be really funny to see us review Twilight and... Also, that dragon movie on Amazon Prime that was originally in Russian. I guess maybe you know what she's talking about. I think I started watching that with my friend Jordan. And it was badly translated and badly made. So with those put together, it's truly a gem. Um, I, I have not seen any of the Twilight movies or read any of the books. Samesies. Samesies. Man, what a... There's how many are there? Five, six. I feel like four? there's four books and yeah. five movies. Okay, or maybe, maybe six movies. I'm yeah, it's sure. like Twilight Moon Part One, Twilight Blood Moon Part Two. I feel like there's an eclipse in there. What else does a moon do? Eclipse, half moon, it wanes, half moon, wane. They probably call it Wayne's World. Wax on, wax world, and Wayne's yeah, world. I think I think that's in there. Wax on uh, Twilight. Uh, there's like the dark side. Mm-hmm. So there's Dark probably side. one yeah. called Darkseid. Twilight Darkseid. See, if, then, if they didn't do that, they should have. Twilight Crater Ridden Surface. <laughs> Twilight Meteorite. Full Moon. Yeah. Man in the Moon. Twilight Reflecting the Sun. I'll catch the moon for you. Uh, When the moon hits your high like a big pizza. Bye. That's a song. <laughs> so do you have an answer for mrs miss shank mrs miss shank yes she sounds available she yeah i think you guys be a good fit so i am open to most things i'm open to everything yeah everything we're just full full open here also, there was the we have a georgia wine maybe a georgia movie like uh baby driver right did you ever see that i did I did not. I thought it was okay. Well, I can't even talk about it because I never saw it. Uh, Just to close out this listener mail section, Emily goes on to say, I love Diary of a Mad Black Woman. This was listener mail from our first episode. I was about to say. I love Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I was fascinated to learn that this was the first film with Medea. Um, Then she goes on to say something really condescending. Excited to see you having fun making this podcast together. Like... (sighs) 
it's not good, but at least you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, we don't do this for fun. Yeah, we do right? it for the money. We do this for the art. We do it for the HelloFresh ad revenue. <laughs> and, that, and apparently now Spotify Premium. And yes. I think I actually accidentally slipped red. Do you ever have a night alone with your lady? You just want to put on a smooth soundtrack? <laughs> well, check out Spotify Premium. Is this your seductive voice? This is my seductive voice. It's just your regular voice leaning closer <laughs> to the microphone. And and once you get that smooth jazz playlist playing, open up that HelloFresh box and cook your lady a nice meal. And then once you're done with that, turn on some YouTube Red, watch some reviews of cars, and get down to business. I've just learned a lot about what Corey does. <laughs> Especially on YouTube, reviews of cars. All right. I mean, that's what my search history is. It's true. You look at a search history, it's very boring. It's cars and golf. I've gotten nothing on him. Well, thanks, Emily, for that listener mail. Thank you very very... much. That was a great first fan mail. Yes, very kind of you. We Mm -hmm. appreciate it. Except for the condescending bits. The condescending bit, we could have done without. But we'll Um, take it. Yeah, you could have said, objectively, you guys are hilarious, and this is the best podcast that I subscribe to. That would have been fine. I'm living for your next episode. That's yeah. kind of what we are looking exactly. for. It's the vibe we're going yeah. for here, but it's fine. I really wish she could write us another letter. But yeah. since she's, you know, well, yeah. I like, mean, that's what I was going she's for. Like, she's alive, I'm of course. living she for your could. next episode. She that's what I wanted it to say. It's just I get the feeling that she won't write another I think email. she's tied up. Yeah. Yeah. Something's weighing her down. Yeah. Like Just for now. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like she's just underwater with a lot of projects. That's what I'm exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot going I'm on thinking. right now. Exactly. She's just hit rock bottom. Yeah, she's just drowning in yeah. her work. Right yeah, now. that's probably it. Um, All right, she'll get back to us. She'll get back to us. I'm sure. I'm sure. Hey, I did the sign on. Somebody's got to do the sign off. You know what they say? Never put your hand in a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want this episode to end. But it's time to go, my friend. We've got to leave you and say goodbye. But please don't be like our wives don't die. They're totally alive. And they love to dance and jive. Because they are our wives and they're totally alive. Um, are we done? There's no way to tell. <laughs> <laughs>